You're listening to the AID Network. Good evening, Disneyland for Designers returns with a double episode. Part one, recorded in our secret lair in the Anaheim Caves, overlooking the beautiful Disneyland Resort, will give every detail into California Adventures Halloween. The ideas, the concepts that we can all learn from Disneyland's marketing of the Halloween season and the deadly details of Oogie Boogie's Halloween Mash. And part two, are you ready to go to Disneyland? And take a lap in search of Halloween time. Recorded live with the sounds of Disneyland. We're taking you to the park today. And friends, there's more Creep Week 2019 tomorrow. The Creep Down Countdown with Jason Edmonston and Ghoulish Gary Poolin where Gary has went over the year looking for the creepiest prints that he could pull for each and every one of you. And then on Thursday, Alex Pardee with a Halloween party and a special friend and a big announcement. Today is Chapter 6. If you like Halloween and you like horror, check out this Creep Week or any of our past Creep Weeks. It's a six-annual podcast tradition on adventures and design select episodes available on itunes by searching adventures in design or find everything and anything that you seek in your quest at aid.network this next part i'm not going to say like that coming next week november 4th through 8th it's adobe max week on adventures in design presented by seltra interviews reviews and breaking news all captured from the adobe max floor here in los angeles and it's made possible by adobe dapper notes and seltra the creative management platform where creative and marketing teams collaborate to design and deliver campaigns across the ever-growing number of media channels and markets seltra where creatives come to scale seltra.com c-e-l-t-r-a.com In the spirit of Halloween, today's double episode is totally free, which means me, old man Bricky, is making no money. Adventures in design has been my full-time job for the last four years. So many sunsets, so many sunrises. If you enjoy today's quest, please consider becoming a member of the Circle of Trust, where we have over a thousand tales, a thousand episodes for you to enjoy, featuring artists, designers, dreamers, and believers just like you. Today is what the Circle of Trust gets every time they push play on a Disneyland for designers. So sit back in your doom buggy and enjoy my Halloween treat to each of you. But if you'd like to give me a treat in return, a blood oath, a Halloween blood oath, please tell a friend and post about today's episode on the social media. Do we have a deal? Do we have a deal? No tricks. It's Halloween on Adventures in Design. 
Disneyland for Designers, Episode 9, recorded live at Disneyland, which was a lot of work. I'm giving it away for free. Damn it, you're doing it all wrong. Jared Maruyama. Oh, that's brilliant. Did I get it? I think so, yes. Maru Yama. Yes. Right. Syllable at a time. Maruyama. Yes. Oh. I've been practicing Here hard. Here we are. I've been practicing hard. Ah, <laughs> uh, it feels so good. Jared, welcome to Creep Week on Adventures in Design. Mmm, Creep Week. Yes. For six years now, I have celebrated Halloween on yes. Adventures in Design, and I'm so excited to do our first ever Disneyland special, Disneyland for Designer special during Creep Week, and I'm I'm happy for you to be my creepy guest. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's even a little echoey in here, right? It's all- <laughs> well, we're sitting in a cave right we now. Are. We are. We're sitting are. in a cave. The Anaheim Caves, we're sitting here right now, out looking uh, our beloved Disneyland. You know, mm-hmm. one of the great things about Halloween, and why I do things like Creep Week, and why, you know... Fields become pumpkin patches. Right. We love, as people and as our society, we love a great theme, right? Mm -hmm. We love a great special. Sure. And not only do we love these special events, but we love the tradition of them. And I have this little fun fact in my life that for now, seven years in a row, the very first person each year that has wished me a very Merry Christmas Hmm. is Jack Skeleton. Ah, And when I think about that, every time I ride the Haunted Mansion holiday layover and Jack Skeleton tells me, you know, Merry Christmas, I think it's so amazing that I have this life where Jack Skeleton is the first person (laughs) that wishes me a Merry Christmas. So on today's show, we're going to be looking all at Halloween and the holiday theming that happens over at Disney's California Adventure and Disneyland proper. Nice. What was your first experience of doing Halloween activities at Disneyland or Disney's California Adventure? That's a good question. You know, it used to be that October was the time to come to Disneyland because that's when crowds were low. Right. No one was coming to the park. Right. So then all of a sudden they introduced these Mickey's uh, Not-So-Scary Halloween parties and then that changed, right? Everyone's here for that. There's a brilliant marketing side to that. Which 100%. I absolutely salute. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it's amazing how well it worked. So, uh, you know, for me, the experience has been pretty much that they've decorated just as much for Halloween as they have for Christmas now. And it's continued to grow over the years. So it was kind of started out as just being the um, Haunted Mansion layover. But now it's sort of uh, taken over all parts of the park. I I think that it's interesting because Southern California has a lot of Halloween competition. Mm. In fact, 1995-96 was the first time they celebrated properly Halloween at Disneyland. That long ago, huh? Which kind of makes you wonder, like, you opened up in 55, it took you 40 years (laughs) to figure out, hey, throw some pumpkins around and we can sell more tickets. But what made that happen was that other parks in the area Hmm. were starting to do Halloween traditions. And as we all know, the reason why we have the Galaxy's Edge, which you and I both love, is because the Harry Potter land existed first. Right. So competition in the marketplace, it really does help the consumer win and mm-hmm. get more for their money. But I think a lot when we look at Disneyland Resort, 
it really caters to, I think, to an abnormal high percentage of locals. Sure. People yes. who live all over the state of California, and I'm going to even call, you're welcome right now if you live in Arizona, I'm going to call you a local as well. Because sure. there are people that live in every part of California and almost every part of Arizona and Nevada that consider themselves AP holders and come out as much as they can. Right. So they would run for two years and then they would let it go. But in 2001 is when they started doing the Haunted Mansion holiday. Okay. And I just think... If there's anything that's special about Halloween, I know a lot of people love the mazes. Mm-hmm. They love going to, to Universal. And I, they say that Knott's has the absolute right. best. I don't have to take your word for it. Oh, never been? been? No. Never, oh, wow. Never wow. been. Never been. But for me, the, the most special thing that I do each and every September and October is the Haunted Mansion holiday. Mm-hmm. That happened in 2001. I think that the booming success of that made them think we maybe need to get back into the Halloween business. Mm-hmm. And in 2005, they started what has now become the real annual tradition of the different Halloween parties. Okay. That would start out in Disney's California Adventure. And I think if we all know 2005, they were just begging to find any way to get people to sure. go to DCA. It would run there till 2009. And then because of construction, it would go back across the Asperande <laughs> and it would return to Disneyland in 2010. Interesting. It would run there for eight years. And I really love the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party that happened at Disneyland proper. Right. I enjoyed it because... It was a special way to enjoy Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I already have the pass. I'm already locked in for, you know, $1,000 a year. Sure. But I'm willing to spend an extra 110 or 30 or 90 bucks. And I'm willing to fly in my niece and my sister-in-law. <laughs> and I'm willing to go there because it's, it was such a great way to see Disneyland, limited capacity, with all this extra theming. And an extra level of magic when everyone's walking around this beautiful place right. in costume. Yes, true. We should probably step back a little and, and maybe explain it to people who aren't here as much as we are uh, to see it. So There's people that don't go as much as us? I've never been to a Halloween party, oh, which really? might be surprising. Yeah, so even for me, like I have seen this stuff online. I've seen you know people that share photos and videos and yeah. stuff like that. So I've discovered it through that. Um, and I'm getting to see sort of more... What the value is of this. Because on the surface, I think it's like, you're like, well, wait a second. I have a season pass. Right. Why am I paying an additional this much to come for this thing afterwards? So now you've gone to this thing. Have you gone? Every year. Every year. Okay. Every year. So this year I went by myself. The, <laughs> <laughs> the park closes early. Yeah. Yeah. Park closes early. So the, the reason why it's a benefit to somebody from out of town. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, you have to be really dedicated if you're an AP holder. Right, right. But the reason why I loved bringing my family in from out of town is mm-hmm. that you still get access to the park yeah. three hours before your party. The whole park. So the, the park, park closes, and now it's just Halloween people from like seven? So the park six? this year, it was five o'clock. Oh, wow. Party was from five to 11. Okay. So if you get three hours beforehand, yeah, you can get in at two. Right. And for California Adventure, 2 to 11 is plenty of time to do everything you need to do twice. So you get that extra three hours, but then slowly there's that transitional hour from like 5 to 6 o'clock, right? Yeah. Where uh, people that don't have the rest bands are being encouraged to leave. Mm -hmm. But somewhere around 6, 30, 7 o'clock 
it's just wristband folks. Right. And it's the park at a real limited capacity. Yes. Yes. So if you want to see a parade, you can get up front. You want to go see a show, there's a seat. You want to get on. If you want to ride, if you want to crush attractions, mm-hmm. the lines are basically not there at all. And this is the same at Disneyland as well. It was the same way when it, when Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party happened over at Disneyland proper. Okay. Okay. And this year, as they had it at California Adventure, mm-hmm. it was a really nice way to see California Adventure because we all know California Adventure being the newer park yep. has the much wider walkways. Sure. So sure. it can absorb, you know, the new shape of people and the new world of, of attendances uh, in a way that the other park can't. So right. it, I was skeptical going into a Halloween party at DCA because Disneyland right. is the magic. Yes. But it, it fit really, really well. Okay. But this year it moved back and rebranded it Oogie Boogie's uh, Halloween Bash, mm-hmm. and uh, I, w- I was a big fan of it. I was a, I was a big fan of it, and to me it's just so interesting that this has now become an annual tra- tradition. Yeah, and in years past the parties would be going on and you could still buy tickets. Hmm. This year I went to the very opening night, uh, went in by myself, but I brought my camera. And when I bring my camera, I'm really bringing you with me. Of course. And so I did a video over on YouTube. Uh, and when I went in on the opening night, the yeah. entire season was already sold out. Yeah. So yeah. that goes to show the popularity of it. For sure. But to get back to your original question, an AP person has to really be dedicated to Halloween mm-hmm. and to this event to spend an additional $100, I think is what is it costs. Is that what it is? $110, okay. like that, for an annual pass holder. But if you're from out of town, I would strongly urge considering making this your one trip of the year. Hmm. Like if you're someone that can only go to Disneyland once a year, I would really suggest making one of the Halloween parties your your visit because it's a good deal for the ticket, cheaper than a regular day ticket. Sure. You get the park at a limited capacity. That's the best. It's flowing with magic. Mm -hmm. Everybody's, you see a lot more family dynamics. You see a lot more people that are in the spirit of things. Right. And with the free trick or treat lines, you can re-sugar up for free (laughs) whenever you need to. That's actually, I know we're going to get into like the very specific features of each one, but what is that like with the candy stuff? Is it just bases that like people go to and they can get candy at, or is it a constant line of kids? The way that it worked at California Adventure was superior to Disneyland. Oh, okay. In Disneyland, there was treat trails. Right. And so you would go into a treat trail and when you got to the end of the treat trail, like there would just be... um, a mobile, uh, almost like a cooler on wheels, right? <laughs> and the cooler, you know, when you open it up, instead of having ice cream in it, it would just be full of candy. Okay. And there'd be three or four cast members, and you'd walk by with your bag. And I mean, not one candy bar, but just a fistful. Just take what you like want. Like a massive yeah. surplus of yeah, candy. Yeah, yeah. This year, by the way, I love this. Sponsored by Mars. <laughs> really? Yeah. Literally sponsored by Mars. Yeah. Brilliant. So you're going to get Mars candy. But I love Disney's like, we're going to be bringing in 150,000 people. Right. We need to get a candy sponsor. We don't have money for that. Yeah. So this year sponsored by Mars. Not a sponsor of our podcast, but we're taking our applications. <laughs> get out of here with your stiff, expensive pillowcase shaped t-shirt. Because Jack Prince has got custom t-shirts that are affordable, soft, and fitted using next level blanks. Don't let cheap t-shirt prices fool you into buying just that. 
cheap and ugly t-shirts. Next Level 3600s are the t-shirt of choice used by many bands and brands that I know that you love. And did I mention Jack Prince is quick? Printed in just two days after proof. Get a dozen as low as $7.23 per shirt with free shipping. And if you need less shirts, only pay $8.83 for four dozen or $11.75 for two dozen. And as I said, all orders ship with free standard shipping. JackPrince.com slash Circle of Trust. Quality shirts printed fast and affordable, which means profitable and convenient for you. JackPrince.com slash Circle of Trust. So at Disneyland, because it's a smaller footprint, mm-hmm. they kind of just fit these wherever they could. And, and later on in today's episode, we're going to get into the idea of multi-use space. Yeah. But in DCA, because there's way more room, mm-hmm. for example, everybody here, get, in, get into your California adventure mind. Sure. We're walking down Bonavasta Street. <laughs> and then we take a right. We're in Radiator Flats. We go past Smoke Jumper's Grill. And now we have what I'm always going to refer to as Soaring Over California. Sure. My emotional ride. Right. I still remember the tears rolling down my cheeks <laughs> the first time I went to see that. And I go, I have a key in my pocket that says I have a house in California. <laughs> Beth, we live here. <sighs> so you know that little gap between where Soren is. Right. And then there's the plane where you can get your photo taken sure. normally with like Pluto or Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse, right, right, right. Mickey doesn't roll in that hood. Sure. So there's that long walkway that goes to nowhere, right? Feral cats in the hotel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you go underneath the monorail track mm-hmm. when you're like, you just rip through DCA. Well, this year, that's a treat trail. Oh, okay. And at the end of that treat trail and at the end of all the treat trails, because of the extra space in California Adventure, you'd have one of... Disney's many villains hmm. waiting at the end of your treat trail. Nice. So you would grab your candy and then there would be, you know, the, the evil queen from Snow White. Sure. Kind of um, carnival barking everybody. Oh. You there with the Mickey Mouse hat on. Right, right, right. You're not worthy <laughs> to see my beautiful face. Right. That kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, so it was really cool that you could actually get to see lots of villains. Is this a constant line on these tree trails? Is it like, is it nonstop line or, or can you just sort of walk up? It's a mosey. It is. It's okay. a mosey. It's not like a hard stop and you wait. Yeah. Like it, there's so many tree trails that they're just constantly slowly moving. Okay. okay. And uh, probably the most elaborate one. All right. We just, uh, we're right in front of the, uh, we're right in front of the airplane there. Okay. Now we're going to walk over. We're going to look over towards the uh, the Grizzly Rapids. Grizzly Rapids. We're right. going to say hi to that brown cat that hangs out right there on the rail. <laughs> right. We're going to go past the entrance to DCA. We're going to hook in behind those lockers because, you know, you need to rent a locker if yes. you're going to get wet for 30 minutes. Right, right. That back trail back there. Yeah. That yeah. used to be the Smoker's Trail. Smoker's Trail, right. Which I used to call the Trail of Tears. <laughs> that back trail, which you and I love taking yeah. that at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they had several villains back there. Oh. And so it was almost like a, you know, a villain uh, cavalcade back there. We yeah. We could go back there. So, you know, for adults, is this something you need to do? I always laugh when I see people review Disney events be like, well, for $110, I'd expect there to be more character meet and greets. I go, <laughs> what? Yeah. Who cares about that other than yeah, kids? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Newsflash, lots of adults do. Yep. Absolutely. I'm not one of them, but... I say that 
But I always get excited every time I see Mickey Mouse. Right, for sure. You, like you're like, whoa, there's Goofy, a and he's dressed like costume. a mummy. Yeah, exactly. A different <laughs> costume, a, a rare character, something like that. Uh, we, we've we've had the benefit of visiting Club Thirty Three. Um, Skirt, what? Right, and now seeing the characters there. Yeah. Even if they aren't in a different costume, that is a completely different experience. And I think that was one of the you were of, like own Mickey and Minnie for five minutes. Yeah, like it was rejuvenating, wasn't it? To be like, it really okay, was. this is what most people must feel like when they see these characters for the first time there was a uh, i'm gonna pause and tell a quick disneyland story if you don't mind please you know over where they built the galaxy's edge there used to be the uh, big thunder trail and there was uh, the, what was the restaurant that's back there the barbecue the, the ranch yeah, yeah big thunder ranch or something. big thunder ranch so there was at the end of the big thunder ranch there was like the family style restaurant to mm-hmm. the right if you're facing west. But over to the left, there's sort of that like mixed use space. Yeah. And a couple of years during Halloween, they didn't really know what to do and they made it kind of workshoppy and yeah, put little right. cabins up and stuff. So one day Beth and I are sitting in the corner. And this is like when we first moved out of here and we're we were just kind of broke and all of our um all of our spending budget was like we got Disney passes. Right. Let's just go there, right. eat a twenty dollar meal and walk around the park and just be like, thank God we live in California. So I remember sitting there one night and they had the different characters in their Halloween costumes mm. and Mickey was wearing that green and purple striped yeah. outfit. Right. And uh, he was kind of cruising around and there was kids everywhere and they're excited to see him. And he went over to one smaller kid who I'm not a dad. So I'm going to gauge the kid's age to be somewhere in the ballpark, like four or five. Okay. Pretty small. Pretty small. Yeah. Holds the kid's hand. All the other kids leave and he just started walking the kid around and showing him all the details of everything. Yeah. And best like you ready to go? I'm like, nope. I want to watch, watch this. this right. And I just sat back and I just watched this little kid. And Mickey Mouse was walking around and showing him to everything. And then another um, character came up. I believe it was like Goofy. And they sort of acknowledged him. And I'm like, this is the Disney magic. Yep. It's not about crushing rides. Yep. It's not about eating all the crazy stunt food. Like seeing this kid think for 20 minutes of his uh, of his life that Mickey Mouse is real and that it's He's the number one thing in Mickey Mouse's life. Yep. Never will forget it. Right. My ultimate Disney Halloween experience, watching some kid like a crate. Welcome to Creep Week, everyone. <laughs> but those are the type of things that used to happen over there yeah. because they had that open space. When we move into today, just you know, um, a quick five years later, the mm-hmm. parks are busy. Yeah. Halloween is big business. And right. there were a lot of people there. And mind you... This was the, I believe the date that I went was something, somewhere in the ballpark of like September 14th. Okay. And people early. were in Halloween costumes. Yeah, early. Right. And um, so it, it is a big deal and you see a lot of people get into it. But what I love about the Halloween show the most is I've kind of broke it down today to people to some of the core principles, which is how Disney magic is designed. Mm-hmm. And I think the number one thing that we all have come to love and expect is the magic of the themed layover. Yes. And if you think about it, we have something called the Haunted Mansion, which newsflash is perfect for Halloween. Right. We don't have to do anything for it. But if we close it down every August for two weeks. That's right. And redress it as Nightmare Before Christmas, it now becomes a spectacle. And I think in the Instagram world that we live in, mm-hmm. the, the social media world, the, the you know, too many TV channels to watch, too many streaming services, sure. too many YouTube channels, too many podcasts, but this is your favorite one. Thank you for subscribing and telling a friend. <laughs> I think what we all need to look at is how do you make a spectacle out of your business? Right. And things like the Haunted Mansion Holiday Layover, 
Monsters After Dark with Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Halloween that happens over in Cars Land. Yep. When we look at Christmas and we think about It's a Small World. Oh. Does it break your heart every year? Because I know it breaks mine. Everything starts from Christmas and, and radiates from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by the sure. way, you're talking to somebody who I got retweeted by the Hallmark channel yesterday. Wow. Because I tweeted out, <laughs> I'm digging through the Hallmark channel trying to find Christmas movies. It's only October 14th. They retweeted that bad boy and said, don't worry. Go. Our Christmas countdown starts on Sunday. That is on message for them, for sure. But um, the, the idea... Of a themed layover. You know, you have something that is painfully constructed mm-hmm. to do one very specific thing. And the bright minds that can come in and go, you know, for five weeks, if we twist this, add this, do this, we can make this a different experience. Yes. That's genius. No. So here's what I always think with this. The, uh, I wonder if this was surprising to them. If they thought at some point, all we have to do is put out two more churros, uh, throw up a couple of banners, and we've got a holiday labor. Now, that's that's a cynical approach to it. But that's what I mean. Like, It's not about creating a Nightmare Before Christmas attraction no. in Fantasyland. It's like, oh, we'll just do this for a few months, and people are going to scramble and line up for this special popcorn bucket. And, and how much money has that saved them in the long run? You know, and they'll They'll pay for this extra magic, which again, I I am not cynical about this at all. I love this stuff. I I live for it. I'm there giving them my cash right away. But I'm like, I wonder if that sort of uh, took them by surprise. Like we don't have to do a crazy expansion of the park. We just have to do these other fun things, get in the spirit of it. Right. And I think that Disney, you know, I wanted to start the show out today with that sort of that timeline. Right. Because I think a lot of us think about things like Disneyland, especially if you're a, one of the artists and fellow designers that's listening, is you kind of, you're always looking at what's your return on investment. Right. And the fact that they started, stopped it, got back into it, yeah. did it differently again, like even Disney doesn't know. And right now it looks like they've perfected Halloween, mm-hmm. but it's been baby steps. Right. right. Lay over here, party there convert this item over to a Halloween, you know, how can we get California adventure to feel more like the home of holidays? Because they thought that this year would be slammed out with galaxy's edge guests. Mm -hmm. They were wrong, (laughs) but it's very interesting to think that everything we're talking about today is sort of baby steps. Yes. But I think the real anchor of the whole thing is the layover. And Mm -hmm. this is what I want to really sort of get people to think about. If Disneyland had a haunted mansion, but it also had a Nightmare Before Christmas attraction. Right. They would both do well all year long. Sure. But they do better by one going away because mm-hmm. then it's a big deal when it comes back. Limited time yes. offer. Yeah. So when the Haunted Mansion returns in January, they get a whole other influx of people to go back because it's back. Right. It's back. The baby. classic. I hate, I hate that layover. It's back. Oh, they ripped, they ripped the wallpaper <laughs> exactly. on me. Exactly. I love the mice chat. It's always saying, this year they did a little bit too much damage. There's some yeah. wallpaper that's ripped <laughs> in that elevator. Oh, yeah, Dusty Sage and his crew is always paying attention to that. That's right. But the two and a half month, or, or sorry, the three and a half month run that we get on the Haunted Mansion being Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas that influx sells tickets and it yeah. makes people show up and it makes memories. Yep. And for all of us in our career, if you do something special for three months, people will go nuts about it. 
right. if you build an attraction, you let it be there for 30 years, people will learn to take it for granted. Right. And if you look at every attraction that ever opened up to a line that was so long that it went to the front gate, mm-hmm. it's not that way today. Right. Right. And I think that this is really how they sort of, they play that. One of the other things that fascinates me about Halloween and holidays at uh, the resort is the idea of multiple multi-use space. Right. So taking, you know, it takes a certain individual to stand in an open area and go, we're not using that space. Mm-hmm. We're not using that space between uh, soaring over California. Right. And where the hotel starts. Yep. Like we can put something there. And if you're a designer or an artist or someone who lives in a, you know, an urban development, you love the idea of, there's somebody that can always find a way to squeeze something in. Sure. And what I really enjoy about these holidays is, for example, the Mickey Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Nothing sits there all year. Right. Mickey Pumpkin shows up. It's now a complete spectacle. Yep. And the line. Yes. There's a line to get your photo taken in front of the Mickey yes. Pumpkin all day long. Yep. When the photographers, cast members leave. The line remains on the honor system, yep. but it yep. never goes away. Right. Both sides even, right? Both like people sides. are taking it from both sides. Yeah. And, you know, it, so I love the idea of multi-use space. And I really tried to figure out, well, this obviously came from the idea of the parades. Hmm. Right? Themed parades? Well, just, we have Main Street. Okay. We have these arteries in our park. Mm-hmm. We can fill them with a parade. And then I think the idea of the parade, and they see the su- success of that is some genius stood over in Frontierland or maybe in uh, New Orleans Square Mm -hmm. and just looked at the Rivers of America and said, we can turn this into an amphitheater. Yes. Like the fact that Fantasmic runs almost every night and the amount of work that that crew, those guys that wear the gray slacks and the black polos, that team works their bees off Getting on the barge, going over there, shutting it down from guests, rebuilding it, getting all that infrastructure up. Mm-hmm. All of the sound rigs and lighting rigs come out of the sidewalk. Front of house is up over the top of the the Pirates of the Caribbean building next to where the Dream Suite now. Uh, yeah. what, what is it? Royal something. Yeah. Royal rich people. Twenty one <laughs> Street. Um, so th- the idea. I mean, you really got to look at Fantasmic and think about. Somebody stood there and said, we can make something happen in this area. Right, right. And, and Fantasmic, I remember this one when it opened, and it seemed like an outrageous idea. It seemed like an outrageous idea. It seemed like a, Look temp- out. Like a temporary thing, right? Yeah. Like, this can't. They can't do this. This is forever. dumb. This isn't yeah, going to last. Yeah. Sort of like when they do premieres. They've done premieres for, for films. There right. Where they it felt like that. Like, okay, well, this will be for this summer, maybe next summer, but it's certainly not going to be uh, a permanent thing. But to see that become such a normalized thing without adding anything new to the park, right? right. It's not a galaxy's edge. It's like, okay, we've got this thing. We don't use it at night. Let's use it at night. And one of the things that I think that makes Disneyland a a superior experience than Orlando Mm. is that in Orlando, forgive me if I have this wrong, but I'm under the understanding that Fantasmic has its own building. Yeah, it has like an amphitheater. Has amphitheater. Yes. That's lame compared to (laughs) taking Rivers of America, shutting it down, building this thing every night. And literally filling the arteries of yes. what used to be sort of kind of a dead part of the park. Exactly. With this phenomenal show. Like they build an amphitheater every single night. 
Yep. And I'll say recently, within the last maybe year and a half or so, they've got that thing down to a science. Absolutely. You can walk through that area without a problem now. It's not a cluster F there. It's yep. just like you can get through. They know what they're doing. It's, it's kind of perfected at this point. It's completely perfected, which I think hides the enormity of the work of that show. Yeah. And, and I mean... I really do believe that the heart and soul of the park are the nighttime shows, mm-hmm. whether it's fireworks, Fantasmic, World of Color. Fantasmic is as good as it gets. Yep. I, it, it, uh, we were talking about this online, actually. Like, I am constantly taken aback by the explosion of the, um, the Peter Pan boat yeah. when they fire that thing off. Always scares me, even though I know it's coming. And they sneak they sneak a giant boat because <laughs> yes, exactly. there's always people that it's their first Fantasmic. <laughs> right, right. And they always have you looking left. Mm-hmm. And when it comes around the corner and they shoot that cannon, yep. there's always people that jump. And yeah. See, and they light the thing on fire at exactly. the end of the night. Same with the riverboat at the end with the big family. Oh. All of a sudden, there it is. <laughs> Bro. You don't see it coming. You just see like when they want you to see it, you see it. And, it's, it's and always all of amazing. the characters waving their flags. I would love to do that. I would love to just be on that boat and wave the glitter stick. Somebody asked me, they said, you've done a lot of dream things at Disneyland. Right, right. I said, is there anything left? And I said, yeah, there's one thing left that'll probably never happen. I would just, (laughs) I know I'm too tall for Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Yeah. But I swear on anything, I'll sign every stack of paperwork that you want. I would love to just be one of the characters. Yeah. For like 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. To walk down Main Street and just have everybody react to you like you're Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I would give it my all. I'd be on my best behavior and I would have (laughs) eyes full of tears. Incredibly hot though, right? An incredibly hot experience. My tears would be cooling me down. (laughs) I'd be swimming in tears inside that mask. But the idea of multi-use space. Mm -hmm. Over in California Adventure, for example... All year long, we just see what looks like a nice set of flowers. Right. And when I bring people in from out of town and I give one of my tours, I'll say, you see this area right here where we're staring at flowers. Mm-hmm. I'm like, soon there'll be a huge statue there of the Headless Horseman. Right. And right. then that will be replaced with an ungodly tall Christmas tree. <laughs> and when you think about that, it's just, they could put something special there all year long. Right. Right. But the fact that it lands in September and it leaves in you know the second week in January, it just makes that little area of DCA feel more like a real town, mm-hmm. more like a real city. So the idea of these these shows is the the idea of multi use space, and and that's one of the things I love about Disneyland. And one of the things I've enjoyed about being a fan during the um, uh, Bob Iger years is that his goal is we're going to use every inch we can for the guest. Right. We can always take our workshops. Tear them down. Offices. Yep. Build buildings offsite. Mm-hmm. But if it touches one of the two parks, and eventually it should become part of the parks. Right. And when you look at the amount of officing and staffing and infrastructure they have yep. backgate, there's a lot of room oh, for sure. to make these parks even bigger. Yes. And and we've seen that happen now with Galaxy's Edge and mm-hmm. with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway uh, train, which oh, can't come fast enough. The mountains are gone. They've removed the mountains to make way. They'll be back. <laughs> They'll be back. One of the other things that we enjoy about this is Disney learned at some point in their long history the idea of giving the year a theme. They used to celebrate, right. you know, it's the 25th anniversary yep. and they would go hard for like a small amount of time. But somewhere along the way, they realized, why don't we just celebrate 40 years all year long? 
Yeah. And if you remember the 60th anniversary, the diamond anniversary, mm-hmm. Disneyland is forever. Right. I think that was about a 22 month celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually runs about a year and a half. Yeah. But the idea of, um, there was the Pixar summer, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of always giving the park a theme. Yeah. I think that's something that we can all think about as I'm in the middle of creep week. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, creep week. When I started the podcast as my full-time job in 2014, Creep Week was my very first ever special. Just Oh, okay. I wanted to say people are showing up and listening to the podcast, but to keep it interesting, I got to come up with themes. I got to come up with different programming. So what if for one week I just celebrate different artists that work in things that are, you know, labeled as like creepy or whatever. Mm. So I had, uh, Tony Moron, who's one of the creators of the walking dead. Mm-hmm. And I had my friend, uh, bone thrower on who does very creepy artwork. Right. And, and so it just became a sort of a celebration of people that work in, you know, were you always a Halloween guy in general or, or was this? Not. Yeah. See, that's wondering the thing. About I'm, a guy. Guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm a decorations yeah. guy. I'm a decorations guy. Yeah. Shipping and milling from your desk has never been simpler than with SimPro online from Pitney Bowes. With SimPro Online from Pitney Bowes, it's just click, send, and save for as low as $4.99 a month. Send envelopes, flats, and packages right from your desk, and you're back to business in no time. And for being an Adventures in Design listener, you'll receive a free 30-day trial to get started and a free 10-pound scale to ensure that you never, ever overpay again. Save time and money on mailing and shipping with SimPro Online. Starting at just $4.99. You can also qualify for special USPS rates for letters and priority mail shipping, calculate exact postage online, and print all your labels right from your personal computer. Go to pb.com slash design to access this special offer for a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to help you get started. That's pb.com slash design. Experience shipping made simple with a free trial of SimPro Online. From Pitney Bowes. Let's go honest with everybody. In high school. Uh Uh-oh. I went to a Halloween, like haunted house. Okay. Full on had an emotional breakdown. (laughs) And they had to shut it down and take me out. Wait. (laughs) Was this like a, was this like a business? Like someone was putting this on and you went to (laughs) it? It looked like a backyard one. (laughs) It was like a for real haunted house. Okay. In the city that I lived in. Okay. I got in the middle and I just couldn't go any further and they had to shut it down and remove me. So... What does that mean? Like you, what, what did you go fetal? It means I'm a damaged human being. It means I'm damaged. Okay. I don't like scary movies. I don't go to any of the mazes. I don't like to be scared. Was this like a jump out? Like kind of, we're going to grab you. Chainsaws and stuff. Maybe I had a bad childhood. Maybe things, maybe things caught up with me, but I emotionally shut down. So I'm not a Halloween guy. Right. Right. Decorations guy. Right. And I didn't know this about me. Right. So Disney, is the perfect level of Halloween Bro, for you. <laughs> I need Mickey's. I need to see not so scary Halloween yeah, party. Yeah, exactly. So not scary farm or uh, I guess no, horror nights, which no, is huge. No, might be a little too much. I'm not, not doing any of that stuff. Right, it's not my scene, baby. Right. <laughs> I like to go where the toddlers go. Yeah. I don't mean it that way, creep week. But no, for me, um, this the the giving a theme. Yeah to the show, giving a theme to the amusement park. I think it's something that we can all learn from. Mm -hmm. You know, take yourself, for example. 
with all of the the characters that you make that are happy. Mm-hmm. Like if you just came up with like, hey, I'm declaring, you know, March blank the blank. It's happy right. week. Right. And it's happy everything for a week. That's contagious. Yep. And people yep. go, I just bought this limited thing because I'm celebrating happy week with Jared Maru. Yama. Yama. Right. Oh, Very try nice. to get it fast. Very try to nice. get it fast. Yeah. We're going to get there, dude. Dan, we Col- are. Dan Colkin went through this. <laughs> I used to look at him all the time and be like, cuckoo. And he's like, no. <laughs> but um, there's a lot to be said for this type of theming. And Disney realized theme the summers, theme the year, see, theme the yes. anniversaries. And like, you know, you already have people talking about, whoa, Disney World. Epcot are getting ready to have some big numbers. Mm -hmm. So they've trained their audience to look at the numbers and expect big things. Yeah. I think from a marketing standpoint, that can't be looked at as anything other than genius. And this year, when I look at my friend, Johnny cupcake, yep. He did 13 days, 13 releases. Hmm. Uh, Mondo did uh, 31 days of Halloween where they're releasing Halloween products. Like these things work Mm -hmm. when you follow the holidays, but they also work when you make your own luck Mm -hmm. and create your own themes. Very good. Yes, for sure. So that's a big part of what I enjoy. And then there's part of the human nature of we love exclusive yep (laughs) we love limited edition yes disney especially 100 percent. but think about this disneyland uh, i don't know if it was this year but in the last couple years there's been multiple years where it was the most geotagged place right right on earth and instagram so if you're disney and you're building this park and you have these exclusive parties everybody there is taking photos Mm -hmm. to feed into the fomo Everybody loves getting their hands like, I bought this limited edition item. Here it is. Right. If you create that in your own business or if you follow a Disney's business and you post about your excitement, I'm at Club 33. Mm-hmm. I got the rare popcorn bucket. I'm at Oogie Boogie's Halloween right. bash. You're a part of their marketing. Yep. You're marketing your own brand. You're, you're creating your own FOMO and you're letting people know like, oh, this is why I follow this person because they're always showing me all this cool stuff. But at the end, if you don't think that that doesn't trickle back to the top, right. it does. Yes. And I think as creators, we have a responsibility to figure out how can you, Jared, make exclusive merchandise? Mm-hmm. How can you do limited edition things? And how can you set up things that people can enjoy for a short amount of time? For sure. Like as creators, we have to take people on these journeys with us. I, I think more than ever now. And, and I think that's something that I, oh my gosh, I, I hate to, this is a whole nother topic. But yes, like um, uh, incorporating the audience in such a different way now than it was before. It's not yes. like, here's what I have and I'm presenting it for you and appreciate it. How do we make the audience a part of the experience. I think that's the big challenge right now. It's like, it's not just me, it's me and you. Right. It's spectacles. Yeah. Everything has to be a spectacle nowadays or it doesn't get attention. Right. You know, when I look at labeling myself and branding myself as the trampion. Right. right, right. And riding the Disneyland tram for a day, that was really making my own luck. Yes. And the amount of growth that I saw on all of my accounts, the podcast, YouTube, social media feeds, it just goes to show that, you know, if you come up with a crazy idea and you market it and package it properly, you can really kind of take control of the attention. Yep. And I think that all of us as creators, we have to think about how do I go with the flow on the Black Fridays, the Halloweens, the Valentine's Day, uh, the Christmases, but also can I create my own luck somewhere there in between? Mm -hmm. Or can I take the holidays and and find a unique 
twist on it. This is why I love Disneyland people because there's so much to be learned. I'm constantly looking at yep. millions of dollars of research and development and thinking about like, okay, if it's working for them, it could work for me. And what it really comes down to, the reason why things like Creep Week for AID is important mm-hmm. or Halloween is what you're really doing is you're setting up tradition. Mm-hmm. Yes. And tradition means memories. Yes. And memories means tradition. Yeah. And so if you can get a family to go once, have a fantastic time on the way out to the car when the kids look like they've been doing heroin because they've had too much magic, mom goes to dad, we should do this with the kids every year. <laughs> we should take them every year. There seems to be something sort of innate humanly about that, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't even have to have a reason anymore. There's no reason. It's not because we love this thing so much. It's that, well, we've done this every year. So, of course, we're going to come back next year and the year after that. And you get kids who go, well, my mom and dad always took us to Disneyland right. every Halloween. So, even though I live in Austin, Texas now. We're going to make a trip. I'm taking my kids. Yep. Because that's what we did. That's the Halloween tradition. Right. And I think if you have a store or if you have an art, you know, if you're an artist and or creative and, you know, you just do something special with your audience once a year. Like, I, I for sure, when I put up the first episode of Creep Week, and I've always used the, the exact same um, mm-hmm. intro song. Right. People hear that and they go, hearing this makes me so happy. Yep. And it's only because they've heard it the last couple they've of seasons. They've associated with sort of like listening to that Charlie Brown music come on, right? 100% yeah, yeah. Vincent Van Gogh trio. <laughs> that Halloween, the, the Charlie Brown Christmas music. Yeah. It, there's nothing in there that's Christmas. Right, exactly. Except for your emotions and your memories. That's right. That's right. And so when I look at the magic of themed layovers... Uh, the multi-use space, creating events where there's nothing currently, the marketing and theming of the years and the parties, exclusive and limited edition merchandise and events and, and, and things like, you know, Monsters After Dark. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy is one attraction until yep. sunset, and then it's Monsters After Dark. I know it's just putting something different on the TVs, mm-hmm. but it's that extra level of like, we're going to ride it after dark. Right. And they're going to get an extra amount of people over there to do that. It all translates down to tradition and memories, which if you can provide that for your customer, you have a customer for life. I Yeah. I think Disney's in a special place, too, because just... I'm talking <laughs> about the man in the mirror. <laughs> Disney itself is a tradition, right? Like, I think that's so much of, at its heart that... You don't, maybe not it's your favorite ride, but you, oh, we always ride this ride. Right. We always go during Christmas. Yeah, yeah. So like to just keep layering on that tradition, just brilliant. And here's the thing about those traditions though, that that make it even better, is that the fact is that now that these are things that you do all the time, you have local customers, right? You have the people that go like us. Right. Once a week, once a month, once a quarter. They have created an absolute demand that you got to get there between September and October, mm-hmm. and you're going to go right back between November and December. Right. Exactly. Like, you have to have the top tier pass, got one, to be able to be there <laughs> during the week between Christmas yeah. and New Year's yes. because the park is that crazy. Yes. Yes. And I think if we look at the success, we can really break down how we can get a little bit out of ourselves. So, for those of you that are wondering, well, what makes it so special, I went on... Um, the very opening, and these are some of the events that they offer to us over in Disney's California Adventure. This is exciting. I'm excited to hear this because it's it's a little is it a different? Would you say than what they were doing before at Disneyland, or did they just move the thing over to a different park? They moved the thing over and they moved it to an area where, like I said at the top of the show, they had more space. Yeah, it felt very natural there. It, in Disneyland, you can definitely see where it's sort of crowbarred in. Yeah, 
Yeah. But because DCA has such a luxurious footprint, it just fit well there. I mean, you know, they do the arts and wine festival. Sure. And, you know, it's just kind of has a little bit more room to hold things. So one of the things they did that I said earlier is Monsters After Dark. Each night around sunset, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, attraction has a different theme, a different Mm -hmm. story to it. And it plays the song that just goes for like two minutes. Monsters After Dark. Oh, really? Monsters (laughs) After Dark. (laughs) So, you know, it's the same attraction. You're still in the elevator that's going up and down. Yeah. But uh, Rocket and Groot take you on a different adventure. You don't like... Marvel, so that's a raccoon in a tree. I, I would never say I don't. <laughs> Please, Disney, if you're listening, he's, he's can't wait to do the Marvel art show. But Monsters After Dark is sort of it's a it's a new wave of of holiday layover because it's digital mm-hmm. and they switch it midday. Yeah, which makes it fun, and that's one that's available for everybody during the Halloween event. Another one that's available for anyone is Bonavista Street. Yes, it's purple it's green it has music playing everywhere hmm. if you're there for the halloween nights there's now projections ah. that happen on carthay circle projections are a big thing now the projections are fantastic yeah um my favorite one of the projections is they project the building on itself oh yes and then they project it crumbling, crumbling. Yes. you can see that on my youtube video fantastic effect but you know what the projections are really great for is, of course, we're like Disneyland Forever when it made the fireworks show mm-hmm. even more interactive. We were waiting in line to see the the frightfully fun parade. Okay, it's Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. This is the same thing that was at Disneyland. Yeah. Okay. okay, where they just sing that line, yeah, over <laughs> and over again, and you walk away going, "It's Halloween, Halloween." Heavy Halloween. on the Nightmare Before Christmas, right? There's a lot of Nightmare. Before Heavy Christmas on Nightmare that? Before Christmas, right? Heavy on a lot of villains that I don't really know because I don't watch the movies. <laughs> so you don't like the Disney movies, is what you're. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just hope this. I hope that one day, yeah, that that little skeleton Coco can become a boy. <laughs> When he finds, just like yes, when he finds the magic cocoa, that's right, and he drinks it, and his wish becomes true. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, film. Coco, you become a boy. Oh, so oh, I'm wow. so excited for that one. But the, we're <laughs> waiting for the frightfully fun parade. Yeah, and you can just watch this projection show. Right, right. and it, it just keeps you involved. It keeps you going. Mm-hmm. Across the way from that, as I said earlier, the headless horseman shows up. Yes. I can't believe the line for photos for this isn't bigger than what it is. Oh. It, it, unlike Mickey Pumpkin, yeah. you can easily get up there. I ripped some great pics of you standing yes. in front of there. Yes, you did. Shout out to the iPhone X Whoa. or the iPhone 11 Pro. Yeah. Three cameras. Who knew that was what you needed? But that statue is just so cool with the smoke coming yes. out of the nose, yeah, the music is. that they play. And that's, but that's all day, right? You can, you can. That's all the time. Okay. But statues there. time is great. Yeah. Statues there during the day. Obviously they don't load it up every night. Right. But at night you do get the added effect of the smoke and the mm-hmm. noise. Um, and I will say that the best part of the frightfully fun parade is the very beginning when the headless horseman rides down the parade yes, trail. That's fantastic. So awesome. And I I've only it. seen that on video, but that's fantastic. You know, they had to um they had to make it less frightening. Oh. Because the first couple of years there was no Ichabob Crane. There was no like those weirdos walking down the thing, like making mm. it animated. Yeah. It was literally just they made the sound of a thunderstorm on Main Street and you just heard the Ah. And then you looked up, 
And here he comes. And here he came. Yeah. And it was so menacing and terrifying that they're like, mm, we need to make it a little bit more kid-friendly. There is a horrible video where the horse falls down. I think it might have been in Orlando. It might not have been here. Oh. Uh, it's just, it just kills me. But um, such a fantastic like way to open it and like so like it's such a disney thing and yet so different for disney to right. present something like that and while i'm getting into interesting fun facts about me tonight yes. i hate horses <laughs> i hate them what like a fear of horses no they're just so sad here's my thing <laughs> i hate standing okay if you ever give me a chance to sit i'm always going to pick a chair over standing okay a horse has two sets of legs uh, it stands more than anybody yes and so the fact that it's always doing what i hate it just makes me feel sad and feel sorry for them they're always tired being from kentucky they just stand around everywhere all the time <laughs> like it just looks miserable to be a horse <laughs> they're miserable animals beautiful but miserable uh they do the trick-or-treat trails we talked about okay. that. that's that's a fun feature and you know there's a lot of weirdos today, and I'm probably one of them. And this gives your kids a safe way to go trick-or-treating. Right. You right. know, because I, I don't know. Do, do kids get on their BMX bikes and explore their neighborhood I, I for 16 know. hours like anymore? It got derailed when there were all the needles and the candy, and I don't know if we've come back or not. It used to be you go to malls and trick-or-treat. That there. was the safe space. Yeah. But, hey, it's Southern California, so Disneyland is our mall. There you go. One of the things they do over DCA that I enjoy is Halloween, okay. where the citizens of Radiator Springs decorate ah, their city. Yeah. A um, couple of design elements I'd love to talk about. Whenever you're standing at the base of Radiator Springs, I'm talking about when you're standing right at the end of... Um, like by Mater's junkyard. Yeah, when you're there. standing there and you're staring straight down and you see the town hall of Radiator Springs ahead of you. Mm-hmm. All year long, there are telephone poles to your left. Yes. But for Halloween and Christmas, they install telephone poles to your right. Okay. So it is for Halloween as well. Yes. So they can do that classic small downtown city thoroughfare of the garland hanging over Main right, Street. Right. Well, the last couple of years as they've started doing Halloween, they have this creepy garland, which is upside down cones. Okay. As like vampire teeth ah. and radiators and different elements. So it basically looks like spooky mouse are hanging above you. Right, 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 right. They put up extra telephone poles here. <laughs> extra telephone poles. <laughs> Who would have thought of? I mean, that's got to be a lot of work. Yes. And yes. where do they keep? The telephone the extra <laughs> I mean, that, that is a fantastic thing to do. They also have different themes for all the attractions there, except mm. for the Raider Springs Racers. I mean, the rocks are colored, yeah. but it's still the same. Right. Whoa, right. slow down there. Yeah. You ain't racing yet. All of that stuff happens. But over at Luigi's, they have a little bit of theming. They have that giant... Caracopia, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is all car parts in a Caracopia. Right, right. And they play different songs. For the actual ride. For, for the, the actual ride. For okay. the, that is one of the cutest attractions. It's, it's very cute. And, and just as much fun to watch as it is to ride, I think. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And there's a song that they play. Okay. <laughs> that I have been banned from singing at the home. <laughs> because if I start singing... Pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin <laughs> Halloween. Everybody loves a pumpkin Halloween. That's hilarious. I can't stop. I didn't. Really, but that's all the time. Is that throughout the Halloween time? They yeah. They play various songs. Yeah, and that's yeah. one of them. Okay. And I will walk over there and I'll hang out and I'll even say to the guy that runs the console, "Do you know when uh, you guys can play pumpkin <laughs> Halloween?" Like he's a DJ. <laughs> like yo man, you know you're gonna play, you you gonna play my bomb track. <laughs> 
pumpkin Halloween? <laughs> I just wrote that too. I don't know if I got the pumpkin song or not. I don't know if I paid attention. How terrible. How dare you? I know. Because I'll tell you, everybody loves a pumpkin <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> All right. I'll have to go listen. My least favorite part Uh-oh. of the party was Villainous, okay. which is the new Nightmare Before, or I'm sorry, the new Halloween-themed World of Color show. Oh, okay. okay. Now, for all the naysayers out there, for all the haters, for the teacher that told me I wouldn't amount to anything, <laughs> I do like World of Color. Right, right. We went and saw it the other night. Yeah. I don't know any of the movies. I know all the songs. I know all the moments. Right, 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 right. Man, it's such a great show. Such a great show. The Halloween version, I can't say the same for. Hmm. And I'll tell you why. Storyline is very all over the place. Yeah, yeah. They introduce a new character that's not from any franchise, which I don't care because I don't know who anybody right, else is. Right, I just know him from World of Color. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the chick from World of Color. Her name is Pocahontas. <laughs> She's not the chick from World of Color. She has a movie about her. She did a couple of things. Well, I just like when she sings that song. <laughs> so, in The Villainous, it's... um. They, they try to get this story going. Yeah. But even more so as an artist, the animation style goes between sort of the laser look mm. versus the actual animated look. Right, right, right. And I, I just think they have so many... Disney, I know you listen to this. Yeah. Take a knee. This is what I want to say to you. People love your characters. People love your famous scenes. Mm-hmm. People love your famous songs. Just be MTV for 20 minutes. Right, right. Give us the hits. Rip in between them. We don't care who is like tying it all together. Right, right, like you right. could literally just be like, oh no, I found an old VHS cassette. What's <laughs> on it? Let me put it in my magic VCR water machine yeah. and just rip through the classics. Yeah. Because that's yeah. really what people yes. want. It's an emotional thing more than a yeah story thing, I think. You know, it's cool that you got Doogie Hauser to do it, but we don't need Doogie <laughs> to take us on this emotional trip, right? <laughs> that's right. Boy, they really drag him out a lot. Well, he lost his gig over at the Incredicoaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he lost that kid. He lost that gig to some kid that's in that movie. But the uh, villainous, I'm going to say, was not for me. And to do my job as a journalist, I asked a lot of people, and they're like, yeah. What was it, though, specifically? Was it just that the, the story, I mean, that, that the clips were odd or Very or disconnected did... story, mm-hmm. very hard to follow, which yeah. then got in the way. Because they put a lot of the... Um, they put a lot of the great moments of these villains that you love yeah. in these like small cells around this larger story oh, okay. when it should have been the other way. A lot yeah. more of what you love with a small story if you need like right. if it was just this young lady walking and opening doors and every door was like a famous villain. That'd be one thing. Yeah. But it's all about her and you don't really care about Oh, that's about right. Her. So they created a character they created actually a character. for this show. Yeah. They made yeah, a yeah. whole story for it. That's right. That's right. And so this is different than anything we've seen before because World of Color obviously isn't at Disneyland. So this is a whole other thing. Walt Disney presents. <laughs> I love that. When it begins. It's a, yeah, I mean, it it's a great... when that voice yeah. happens, it, oh, just the hair stand up on my arm. <laughs> my favorite thing about the World of Color, like, you know. They can set it on fire. They can project on water. They can do all this magic. But the most fascinating thing is how they make that little bit of water leak out of your eye. <laughs> I don't know how they do Those that. are the waterworks, yeah. I, when it gets to that song, look how far we come. <laughs> so close. 
I don't even know what that movie is. I don't either. I think it's from like uh, Enchanted or something. Yeah, like. yeah my there favorite. You go. Yeah, yeah. Love it. When the dinosaur eats the girl. Whoa! Uh, watch out, everyone's Enchanted. Everyone's crying, right? Yeah. Oh, Enchanted's the chick with the long hair. <laughs> Yeah, sure. No, no, no. Enchanted is the one with the live action and the animation. Amy sure. Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy You're Adams. You're thinking of your Super other favorite girlfriend. one. Uh, the uh, Tangled. You're thinking of Tangled. Yeah. You like the light. I and see the light. Last I, yes. see the... I love that song until the guy starts singing. Right, like, what am I doing right. here? And then she starts singing. I'm like, all right, this is a cool song. That's all my Disneyland play mix that I listen to on my way to the park. I got problems here. Just her part. I got problems here. But I will tell you what was absolutely amazing, and that's why I saved it for last, for mm. the two people that are still listening, because I'm crazy tonight. Okay. Hey, friends, I hope you're enjoying today's special episode of Disneyland for Designers. Now, normally, this is where we would take a break, and I would have to say goodbye to you. But in the spirit of Halloween, it's a treat for everyone. Today's episode is a treat for you. Today's episode is 100% free. Normally, this extra content would only be available for members of the Circle of Trust. And I would ask you, please consider supporting Adventures in Design. Become a member and get every full episode of Disneyland for Designers and all of our other shows that we offer at the AID.network. Who knows? Maybe with your support, more Disneyland for Designers episodes will come your way. Coming next week, November 4th through 8th, it's a WMAX week on adventures in design, interviews, reviews, and breaking news, all captured from the Adobe Max floor. Presented by Seltra, the creative management platform. Okay, friends, enjoy today's free episode. And don't forget our Halloween blood oath that we took at the beginning of the show. If you've made it this far, you've promised me your soul and that you're going to tell a friend all about today's episode of Disneyland for Designers. <laughs> But I will tell you what was absolutely amazing, and that's why I saved it for last, for mm. the two people that are still listening, because I'm crazy tonight. Okay. Villains grow. This was the thing I was most excited about. This was the thing that almost had me get a ticket. So I'm curious to hear what you thought. So my strategy was this. When you go there, sun's still up. Okay. So I went straight to Villains Grove, which is normally the Redwood Trail Challenge. Right, right. It's over in the Radiator Flats area that's supposed to look like Northern California. Right, 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 right. Big Sur area. So I go over there, and I'm standing in line. I was maybe 12th person in line. Okay. So I waited for the sun to go down, and this was everything I thought it would be. It's all Disney magic. And you go through the trail that kids would normally walk through, which is right. a bunch of different, you know, challenges for little kids. Sure. Now, they won't let you do the challenges. Right. There's no rappelling or rope climbing. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately. But what it is, is it's all lights. It's all sound effects. It's all, uh, like, smoke. Mm. And there's very abstract animations everywhere. Right. So you never see an actual princess in the projections. Right. But you might see a bunch of rose petals mm -hmm. in the shape of the Queen of Hearts. So you might see a bunch of um, little speckles of matter that will form in the Chestire Cat. Right, right. So it's all very abstract. Mm -hmm. But as you're walking through the forest in that amazing sound system they have, there's voices that go, look here. Oh, look over here. Nice. Very nice. A secret. <laughs> and so you're like going through... <laughs> And there's just voices all around you. Dare to go this way. Oh, and it's really? all around you. 
and you could go at your own pace. Yeah. So I like just stopped. I was vlogging and I just stopped and I like took it in and I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot it this way. Mm -hmm. And I was just absorbing it all. And then when you get over to the far end, they have like a fictional, like, um, thunderstorm. Okay. And they put up different lines of lighting. So it's like, it feels like it's raining. Yeah. And then there's actually lights down those red fake redwood Mm -hmm. trees. And when the lightning sound happens, those lights go off. Yeah. yeah and you yeah, feel yeah. like you're in a storm. Right, right. Very, very cool. And then when you walk around to the very last scene, just this beautiful, ominous Disney music that's just playing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Everything's backlit. So everybody that's going into the light. Yeah. Right, right. You, you just see, see the silhouettes, right? Nice. And I was like looking at this log, and I'm filming this log that you can walk through, and the light's beautiful. And I spun around, and it's the music, <laughs> and I'm seeing all of these silhouettes of Mickey ears and Halloween costumes. And I go, I, I just died. <laughs> like I just somehow I hit my head on the log, and you went to Halloween, or maybe I didn't merge from the 605 to the 91 to the five. <laughs> Maybe me and my junkie car are dead right now over on the five. <laughs> and this is it. And I'm ready to go into the Disney light. Oh. <laughs> and it was beautiful. That moment walking into that light with the silhouettes of people all around me. Right. That is art. And Jared, I'm telling you, you and I have had lots of conversations about this as friends. Yeah. I'm very interested about what happens to the American mall. Mm -hmm. The American mall is dying because retail is dying. Right. Internet, Amazon, Walmart slit in the throat of the mall. Right. But people still need to go out. People still need experience. Right. And when I look at Oogie Boogie's Halloween bash, I think to myself, can something like this scale? Can it tour? Hmm. Can it go to the mall? Because this attraction that Disney did on the Redwood, Redwood Trail Sure, challenge. Challenge. Sure. I mean, they've got to get shorter names. Right. And I have enough people yelling at me. It's Autotopia. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Ah, uh, the good and the bad. Make your own podcast, <laughs> and I won't listen to it. But this was lights. It was smoke. It was projections, but it was emotion. Yeah. And it was really something special. Hmm. 100% worth the cost of admission just to go do uh, Villains Grove. I would do it again, and it made it even more special while I was waiting in line. I got to meet Adam the Woo, who's one of my favorite um, Disneyland covers over mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. Super nice guy. I got to hang out and talk to him nice. uh, for a quick five minutes. So I would recommend that that's good. But, dude, we've only done Disney's California Adventure. Yeah. And as you can see, I am fired up tonight. <laughs> I'm fired up tonight. What do you say? Instead of just talking about Disneyland. Okay. Let's hop in our cars. All right. It's a quick five miles from where we're at. Very close. Let's just go to Disneyland and take the audience there with us. You think? Hey, you at home, what do you think? Do you, I mean, obviously our voices are going to sound different, but shouldn't we cover all of the Halloween happenings at Disneyland at the actual park? So in the background, you can hear all the ambient noises Uh, and we can take you on this trip with us. You know what I'll even do as a trick or treat? No circle of trust. Free show for everybody. Wow. Let's take everybody to Disneyland for our first ever creep week. First ever episode recorded inside the walls of Disneyland. Wow. What do you say? I'm game. Let's do it. We will be right back 
And when we are back, we'll be in Disneyland. Now, I can't take all my professional recording equipment in there because it crosses their user agreement. Yep. But we can record into smaller microphones. So the show's going to sound different, but what you will be treated with are the sounds, the ambient sounds. Let's all go. Even if you live far away or even if you can't make it out today and you're driving in your car right now, in just one second, we're all going to appear at Disneyland for Halloween. Jared, we made our we made our drive. My goodness, here we are. <laughs> oh, I am so pumped up to be at Disneyland. We're right now standing in the world famous Esplanada. Yes, fancy. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk up to Disneyland. Very good. Now, downtown Disney has lots of stuff in the planners. Yep. Which I love that they go out of their way and do that. Sure. They don't need to. Right. In the background, you can hear Oogie Boogie talking, and you can also hear the theme song to Soarin' Over California. <laughs> I've already expressed my love for that earlier in tonight's yes, episode. Did. Yes, you did. But as we're walking up to the front of Disneyland, the famed gates, right? every year they top it off with these pumpkins yes. that are carved into the shape of the Fab Five. And once again, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't light up. Nope. But it creates tradition. It creates a memory. A little bit lights up. It, it illuminates. Yeah. Yes, yes. But yes. It just, it's just about tradition. It's about when you see these up here, you know it's Disneyland Halloween. All right, we're going to go through the gate. Here we go. We're inside of Disneyland, standing in front of the famed Mickey Mouse flower bed. Which, isn't it just insane that this flower bed changes colors based on the season? Yes. I once had a woman in line at the Matterhorn. Yes. Listening to my conversation with my good friend, OK Pants. Annoying, yes. And I told him, I said, guess what? These plants get replanted based on the season. Right. I said, what you right. see right now that's you know, blue, red, white, and blue for 4th of July sure. will soon become yellows and oranges and browns for the harvest. Of course. And she said, nuh-uh. What? <laughs> <laughs> so are you insane? First off, don't ever argue with the trampian. <laughs> but I couldn't believe that she had, one, she's listening to my conversation, and yeah. then two, she's going to argue with me. Right, right. Let's go back to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but the bunting, the orange and yellow mm-hmm. bunting is all around us. Right. The flowers around us. And a little fun fact about the Mickey Mouse flower bed. Okay. Is that it's actually... They had to mess with the proportions of the Mickey Mouse flower mm. bed so that it actually looks like Mickey Mouse. It's like a perspective perspective thing, thing. exactly. Because right, right, right. if that was flat on the ground, you'd be like, that's a wonky Mickey Mouse. Yeah. But yeah. projected on the berm, mm-hmm. it looks just like it should. Some years, they haven't done it this year, but have you ever seen the years where they put the floral bandit mask on Mickey where he's mm. wearing a Halloween costume in the no. flower bed? No, I did not know that. I mean, you want to talk about putting a lot of effort into details that nobody cares about? <laughs> That's <laughs> one of them. Well, it is probably one of the most photographed areas of the park. I, I tend to get so excited at this point, I rush right in, so I don't always stay, especially if there would be, like here, look, there's a line to take a picture in front of this flower bed right now. And we're at 9 o'clock at night exactly. when it's hard to see what's going on. Yeah. Okay, I say yeah. that we do a, a famous lap around the park, nice. finding Halloween where we can. Okay. So let's start off 
with talking about something that doesn't exist anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, next time you hear us, mm. we'll be in Tomorrowland. Oh. Dressed up for Halloween as Sorrowland. <laughs> Jared, we're now standing in the heart of Tomorrowland. There's a heart? Well, it, it's flatlined, <laughs> but there's a heart in okay. Tomorrowland. Okay. As you can see, we're surrounded by a lot of people's favorite Disney items. For example, yeah. the UFO above the Disney vacation cart. Oh. Everybody remembers that lovable UFO from Wally. Wonderful. Wonderful. And then the Pizza Planet Rocket. Right. Everybody remembers in... Mary Poppins when yes. she had to use that yes. rocket to go get her broomstick that flew up. Yeah, her umbrella went up to the sky. Now, we are in the middle of Tomorrowland, and I just want to ask you. Yeah. Do we still need Hyperspace Mountain, or should they have done Ghost Galaxy this year? Uh, I think right now, with how things are, anything, everything goes, right? We're not going to take anything away right. that people might possibly love. Come to the park. Please come to the park. And please come to this part of the park. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that may not know what we're talking about, Space Mountain, they've figured out a way to do overlays. And we talked about earlier in the episode about right. the power of the overlay. Right, right, right. So one of the things they used to do during Halloween time when Disneyland was the center of Halloween is they would do a thing called Ghost Galaxy. Yeah. Where they would project pretty menacing monsters and ghosts. It was pretty hard. Surprisingly terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly terrifying yeah. would be the quote that I <laughs> summarize it down. But then when they started to do that soft launch of, hey, we're going to have Star Wars soon, mm -hmm. they put in the lovable launch bay that I just can't get enough of. Right, right. And they did Hyperspace Mountain, which is a Star Wars layover yes. of Space Mountain, which is it's pretty good. It works surprisingly well. It, it works surprisingly well. Sort of the storyline is that you're in a dogfight, mm -hmm. and as you're going around, they have different scenes and spaceships projections. and projections yeah. and uh, some sounds from Yep. The TIE Fighters. Music, I think. Very good. <laughs> they have that sort of noise going around. It's even better when I'm on my real microphone. Yeah. But as we sit mm -hmm. in the middle of Tomorrowland, not only am I lacking a little bit of what I like to refer to as Disney magic, mm. but I'm not seeing any Halloween. No. I think you're right. In fact, have you been up to date on when this Hyperspace Mountain thing sort of took over as opposed to doing? I assumed it was going to be Halloween here at Space Mountain. Did you know it was still I, hyperspace? I knew that they were going a little light because they're trying to make DCA okay. the, the center of all things the Halloween. Halloween part. Okay. But my question is this. With... The Star Wars Galaxy's Edge mm -hmm. do, I mean, you know, a lot of people are still very loyal to, to Star Tours. Right. I say dead ride, we're walking. Eh. But do we need sort of a cheap layover? Right. Uh, right. That's my question to right. you. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, they must have done some kind of research. I don't know. You think this is one of those things that was planned well before and they thought everyone's going to be so crazy in Star Wars I think Galaxy's Edge yes. that like, okay, let's have them come over to you know, Tomorrowland and we'll alleviate some of those ridiculous I crowds. I, yeah. I think they thought that this park was going to be bursting at the seams right. with hardcore Star Wars fans and I thought that, you know, hey, if, if 
Because remember, it used to be you were going to have to try to get an access pass right. to Galaxy's Edge. Right. That whole right. elaborate boarding system that they never had to use other than day one. Right. So you're probably right. They probably thought the park would be bursting at the seams with dedicated Jedi, Star Wars fans. And that, you know, if you can't get into Galaxy's Edge, then you're going to come over here, rip Star Tours, do uh, Hyperspace Mountain. Right. And, you know, the beloved Star Wars Launch Bay. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing that I am noticing is... Is it just me, or are we looking at the beautiful spire of Space Mountain? We are. A little Halloween coloring in there? Is that green always in there? I was wondering the same thing. I think it's usually pretty blue, right? I feel like it's got a little Halloween tint. Maybe a little tint of green. Did we just find some Halloween in Tomorrowland? Possibly. I'm looking around. I mean, we haven't walked the whole thing yet, but there's not much to walk. The the one thing that we did lose right before we hit record, they were selling... Pumpkins. The pumpkin popcorn (laughs) bowl. So we had official merch. Yeah. But it it had to go to bed. Right. (laughs) Well, everybody knows that when you're in Tomorrowland, next stop, Fantasyland. Wonderful. Let's go look for some more Halloween. This is so awkward. But we're lost. We are. I've been here 300 times, and somehow this big mountain with the wind whipping around it, Hmm. we're a little bit lost. It's crazy. It's It's, it's almost transitional. It is. It's almost as if we're not quite in Fantasyland, but we've got our backs on Tomorrowland, and we're hearing the whispering winds of the Matterhorn. Wonderful. You ever watch CBS Sunday Morning? Sure. You know how at the very end, they're like, we're going to show you two antelopes. And it's just quiet for a second. <laughs> right, right, right. I feel like this is our part in the episode yeah. where we just leave people with the sounds of Matterhorn Mountain. A little magic. Let's walk over to the gate, shall we? All right. Sweet Matterhorn. A little waterfall in there. Got a little screaming. A little bit of Halloween sounds all year long. No, we've taken yet another wrong turn. I'm so embarrassed. I know I brag all the time how I know this place. There's nothing wrong about this turn. No, this is actually the happiest accident we've made all night. (laughs) We're standing in front of the beautiful Mary Blair design small world facade. Mm. Took a wrong turn on trying to find Halloween, but we took a right turn on finding Disney magic. For sure. Jared, when are we going to do a dedicated episode about It's a Small World? Multiple episodes I think it's going to take and people are going to be bored to death with all I have to say about it, but prepare yourselves. I think that's the one where we just play the song in loop behind it. (laughs) The train! Did I hear the train? I think we did. One of my favorite things about being at Disneyland at night is when that train rolls through, it's going to go behind the clock, but in front of the main facade. Right. And all the people in the train itself will just look like a giant shadow. Yeah, (laughs) yes. When people wave, just strangers. There it goes, there it goes, there it goes. Just complete shadow out. Right, you're right. It's a silhouette more than anything. Yeah, and then look at just the silhouette of all the people on there. Then you can wave, and people usually wave. No, I'm too far. They we're, can't we're see far. me. 
are. We're, yeah, they can't see us. They're also like, those guys are looking for Halloween and have found nothing. Right. I love when you just see the, there we go, silhouette of Mickey ears. God bless yeah, you, young lady. Exactly. Thank you. My heart loves you. You think they'd ever build something like this ever again? This Absolutely is not, not. Uh, an IP. No. And, you know, Walt said that he never wanted this place to become a museum. Right. But I think that this is a museum piece that nobody would ever in their right mind let it get torn down. You think we'll get a uh, small world movie like we're getting Jungle Cruise, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion? Well, you know, they tried to crowbar a little small world into Tomorrowland. That's true. Which is a film that every Disney fan absolutely loves. Yes. <laughs> yes. They love it so much they gave it this big, beautiful green tomato over <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> No, I, you know, we haven't found any Halloween, but it's not just here. hard not to duck in here. And we are just about three weeks away from this just being, mm. in my estimation, yep. the heart of Christmas at the Disneyland Resort. For sure. But we're not here for Christmas. We move on. We move over to the Fantasyland proper to maybe see if we can see that evil witch looking out the window at ah, us. There you go. Well, this is embarrassing. I've yet taken another wrong turn, hmm. and we have somehow ended up on a bench. A which, bench. Which normally Disneyland is no big deal. Right. But the bench that we're on is the bench on King Arthur's carousel. Mm. Amazing. And I've never rode this before. Ever. Ever. Yeah. You've ever rode it? I'm assuming no. Maybe I did as a kid and don't remember it, but uh, certainly not in recent memory. How bad... Would you enjoy having one of these horses in your house? Oh, are you kidding? Could you imagine For sure. If they retired one of these horses and you could give it a good home, I could. I bet it was at one of those auction things. Absolutely. So we're on the King Arthur's carousel. We're waiting to go. Waiting to go. We're riding the bench, which is a thrill-seeking attraction where you're just sitting on a bench that goes in circles. But not finding any Halloween. I don't see any Halloween, but what I will say is interesting about this, and I don't know a lot of the history of this carousel, and I'm sure there is. Got a little one of them. This isn't a Disney ride. No. This is not themed to a movie, though the name hints at it, but the, the decoration, everything else, nothing is themed to a specific character or film. There is the Julie Andrews horse. Sure. That is a dedication to her. Right. And there's right. some images up in the, the top area, and we're playing, this is what the ah, Little Mermaid's there we on. go. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. References. Kind of faded, huh? A little Very faded. faded. Very faded. But otherwise, not overtly... I just remembered why I haven't rode this before. Yep. Things that go in circles make me sick. I'm already feeling a little... I feel 45. Or regret setting in. Yes. All right. First and last time. But I'm going to enjoy these young lovers in front of me. That's right. Well, as we go in circles and feel sick... We will get off of here, and we'll continue our hunt for Closing Halloween. Closing my eyes right now. Oh, that makes it worse. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. It makes it worse. Oh, I'm feeling it. Jared, even though it's not themed for Halloween, right? the gothic design of the new 
Fantasyland. Sure. It gives you good Halloween vibes. Sure, sure. the gothic look, the way everything's put together. Right. For me, as a relatively new fan of the Disneyland Resort, it's hard for me to ever believe what this used to look like. Right. The yes. more carnival big top version of Right, it. right. It's, it's still kind of like that in Orlando, correct? Parts of it are, yes. But they've got an expansion now that sort of elaborates on that, so we'll see if some of this other stuff changes with it. Yeah, this area doesn't need much to have a Halloween vibe. There's always the evil queen that peers out of the window Yep. above Snow White. There's all of the nice design of Sleeping Beauty's castle with its gothic flair. It looks pretty tiny from this side. It does. It does. Perspective. And then one of my favorite parts. Is that snow on the castle? <sighs> They're sneaking it on. Are they slowly revealing? I They're just sneaking it on. Getting a little bit fall. I'm in love. I'm in love. I'm in love. (laughs) Amazing. And one of my other favorite features of this land that we're standing in the heart of, right in front of the the sword here, Mm. is I love all of the different weather vanes. Yep. Very, very cool. Hey, look, the scrim is up. You can't go through the castle. So even though we can't do fireworks tonight because of fire hazards and high winds, they're going to do the projection show. Nice. The Halloween projection show is going to happen on the other side. Hosted by Jack Skeleton. Ah, let's keep moving. Nice. Jared, we've took a very wrong turn. My gosh. Very wrong turn. Where are we? It's loud. We're in the heart of party in the Black Spire outpost. We're at the Star Wars Cantina. My goodness. I'm seeing no Halloween, but I am seeing lots of characters. For sure. Lots of characters, lots of thugs all around us. And it is busy, but we were able to walk right in. We were. No reservation. No reservation needed. Do we have time for a drink? Uh, hey, there's always time for a drink. So, Jared, we are sitting now in the heart of the Black Spire Outpost. In fact, we're sitting in Docking Bay 7 on the outdoor patio, right across from the actual Black Spire right. that the town is named after. It's, let's just be honest, it's pretty sad in here tonight. It's a little sparse. Like, we just went into Docking Bay 7, and granted, it is 9.30. Yes. But every restaurant in downtown Disney was banging and there was maybe three tables occupied in there. It is a funny conundrum here, right? Like, they can fill up the lightsabers at 200 bucks a pop. There goes right. Chewbacca, by the way. Uh, no problem. Filled up probably right. every day. They can't get people to hang out in this land, it seems like. And Olga's Cantina was shoulder to shoulder. Yes. Right. Right. And the Droid Depot seems to do well. But everything else seems as if it's struggling. This is my question for you. Uh-oh. Imagine this. Imagine if they did a ticketed item in Galaxy's Edge where it was a Star Wars fan dress-up, costume, masquerade, party, or whatever. Halloween-specific. Halloween. Right, right. Here's your chance. even if they just did it May the 4th or or did like a, 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 a Star Wars summer season, but imagine ticketed event where you're actually encouraged to come to Galaxy's Edge mm-hmm. in the wardrobe. Yeah. That would be 
phenomenal. Oh, I think I think we're I think we're gonna get that. Look, Chewbacca is barely busy. That's that's a problem. Yeah. Um, I think they need more of that though. Don't you think? Like, where are the like rebel troopers kind of walking around? Or, I mean, I know we have stormtroopers, we have Kylo right. Ren and stuff like right. that, but I think we need a more casual ambiance walk around. It needs to have the hustle and bustle of a spaceport. Yeah. And I, for me, I, I don't understand what it could possibly cost to have at all times eight to a dozen cast members working that literally walk from building A to building B, yeah. switch costumes, then go from building B back to building A. Carry some Star Wars-y looking boxes. Right. right, I mean, right. It just doesn't seem like it would take much to add the flavor in it. But the thing that is just breaking my Disneyland designer heart is the garbage cans just put in front of some of the doors. <laughs> like some of those doors are so beautifully designed for photo moments and now there's just garbage cans in front of the doors. So I hate to say something like this because I, I don't want to be cynical. I love this land. I, I believe in it. I, 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 it's gorgeous. The, the view group. we're looking at right now is un- literally unlike anything in any other part of the park. Right. Is it too much? Is there a dumbing down of sorts that is required to say, like, okay, we've gone so far into story, we need to pull it back and make this more like, here's the cart for this, here's the door for this? I think that you and I and people like us, largely our audience, I think we're all cut from the same cloth, Mm -hmm. that we put experience, theming, and design that Disney does better than anybody. I think we put that above all else. I agree. I think what we didn't think about is that Universal Studios has customers. Not Spray Farm has customers. Six Flags has a lot of customers. People care about rides. Yes. They care about rides. But do they also need to sort of be hit over the head? Like, so like the shop over here, amazing shop, no sign. Doc on Doc, how do you say it? Doc on Dorian? Doc on doors. Doc on doors. Yeah. No sign. No, no light. It nothing. Is, it is an attraction. Yes. It is not a store. Yes. It is an attraction. But like, is that too difficult? There's no line right now, which no. is, you know, whatever. No. But I'm saying, like, do we need R2-D2's cafe and Luke I, Skywalker's lunch, you know, lunch bay or something? I, I don't want to live in that world. I know. I know. But I agree. This, I think you're right. I think this is what happens when you try to give the general audience a Tesla. Yeah. I think this yeah. is what happens when, because, you know, when Apple got its immense popularity, a lot of us diehards saw the products get dumbed down. Right. For example, right. nowadays you have to dig to find your hard drive, which used to just be on your desktop. Right. I think that Scott Tolbridge and the Imagineers they hit a very high bar, which might be too high for most uh, mm. society. Yeah. But look at that kid right now dressed like Luke Skywalker. Yep. Tell me he's not having an amazing night. No, no, I know. That's what I mean. That's why I think that's part of the heartbreak of seeing it this sort of empty. I also think that it's Halloween. Yeah. The park is full of people, and there's nothing... I hate to say this. There's nothing extra here. Right. There's there's not an extra gym to draw you in. So the streets of Disney California Adventure are packed tonight for free candy sponsored by Mars. And this attract, this this land is empty. My question for you is... We all believe that Rise of the Resistance is going to be quite possibly the best ride they have ever made. Right. 
can one ride save an entire land? No, I think I think what we're looking at here is they're they're doing well with these appointment things. Right. Um, but it's the ambient. It's it's what will make people come and want to just stand around here and watch. Right. You know, look at Chewbacca. Look again. No one's mobbing him. He is he is walking to people because no one's coming up to him, which is insane. So I think we need more of that. Like they have to find a way to, uh, you know, maybe crowbar a story or like we're saying the history right. of the universe. We're celebrating the history. And so this is Darth Maul because you guys love Darth Maul. Is there somebody dressed like Darth Vader next to yes, <laughs> this guy with the Darth child's Vader. mask on, I think. Yeah, I think that's illegal. Um, out of bounds, sir. But here's the interesting thing. The land that we're sitting in mm-hmm. is surrounded with platforms and stages yeah. to do shows. Yes. Like there are the the Millennium Falcon landing pad is a the cul-de-sac is really an amphitheater. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier about mixed use space. Right. I can spot with my untrained eye or trained eye, depending on what you think at home, I can spot three different stages. Yeah. There's a stage behind the Millennium Falcon, there's one straight ahead that right. is in right. between Millennium Falcon and Ogus Cantina. And then there's the bridge that goes from dock to the cantina. Sure. It would not take a lot. There goes Ray. It would not take a lot to have characters do some sort of blaster fight. Yes. I mean, if there was a blaster yes. fight that happened at the top of the hour, right. people would hang out for the hour to see it. Yeah. People hang out to see the small world clock turn time. Exactly. exactly. Quarterly. This this Ray, just seeing her walk by, in the same sort of situation as Chewbacca is, right? She's sort of a character looking for an audience. Yes. But when you see these Rays interact with these kids, it's it's what the land is all about. Right. Like, it is... It lights it up. Yeah, it is. So I think we really do need more of that somehow. But like you said, whether that's a show, right. uh, more interaction or something like that, I think we just need more of that heart. I, I, I think... This is what kills me as a creative. We are so close to perfection. Yes. It, it is literally like they baked the most delicious cake and just said, you know what? We don't have time to put the icing on it. Yeah. <laughs> because it's that far away right. from being perfect and ideal. And, you know, in the spirit of Halloween, would it have hurt to have some characters walking around or just all the time? Like, I'm, I'm just baffled by it. Before we say goodbye to you folks from this location, yeah. I'm just going to hold up my recorder over to the Docking Bay deck. This tribal music that they play, mm. I find it to be so refreshing, so original, and just an enjoyable part. Yeah. It makes me wish, not playing Star Wars theme music around the land, right? but if just more Batu citizens music was playing around the land. I'm going to get some popcorn. You're getting that new popcorn? Yeah. Do you know what the flavor is? I don't. Chocolate something or... Chocolate popcorn. Yeah. Now I've heard it all. We are truly outer space. <laughs> the Disneyland Mm-mm. Lost again. We're at the very far back trail of Batuu. 
Yes. We're over by the Rise of the Resistance. And I absolutely love this trailway. Yes. I think as far as the best way to enter Galaxy's Edge is from Hungry Bear. Yes. I love the gradient buildup. Uh, right now, Jared, look over the top of the trees. You see the full moon? Mm-hmm. Clouds in the sky. There's a little endar. I mean, this this truly does feel as if we're not in Southern California. Not in Disneyland. Not in America. Not in Disneyland. Like, it definitely has its own vibe to it. Mm-hmm. If they ever wanted to do any sort of ticketed themed event back here, just the whole area back here, yeah. th- like this, the fact that they didn't pack this with carts and shacks and yep. stores, once again, it goes to making it smart. And I've heard people complain how empty it feels. Mm. I love the way this I feels. I love it too. I, I Part of me feels like it's a little bit of expansion possibility, sure. but uh, I know that what we're facing here, there really isn't a lot beyond this that they no. can they can do. This is really just a wall. Um, but I think it's a great break in the story uh, and that they can kind of like use it as an open area for like other events. I also love the story of sort of walking to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it's rare that in an amusement park you get this space to actually walk up to town, walk up to a settlement. It's normally just, here's the mountain, here's Fantasyland. Here's a shop, here's the Disney. Yeah. You're on to the next thing. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, you're on to the next thing. And it's it's a slight roll of trees that maybe, or a little bit of water or a monorail track that separates two different ideas. To have such a long palate cleanser from, yeah. from yeah. back there, it's amazing. And it has good Halloween vibes back here. It does. There's monsters in the brush. There's, there's light going on. There's bugs. For a kid that lives in the city, this for sure makes you feel like you're taking a walk through the woods on the trail. There's some sort of hideous monster behind us. Right, it's like a wampa or something. Yeah. How would you feel about something like that? Like a like a Batu petting zoo. So that was one of my thoughts. Like, bring in some of the old original trilogy creatures. doesn't have to have anything to do with the story. We can just say, look, here's a Tauntaun. Like they do at Universal Studios, sort of with the dinosaurs. It, there would, it would do them a great service to have some kinetic energy. Mm-hmm. Even if they just took some modern-day manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know those cranes in stadiums where they change the lights and the scoreboard. Right, right, right. Take some sort of interesting construction equipment. Give it the Star Wars paint job, the Star Wars facade, and just have guys just driving around on weird vehicles. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it just, even if it's going two miles an hour, just seeing it cruise through would give it that kinetic energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, why aren't there just guys in orange jumpsuits right now over yes. ma- giving maintenance to that X-Wing fighter like That's they're desperately right. trying to get it ready to go on a mission? It's it's painstaking how close it is. It is, but it's close. It is damn close. And right now we are standing in what will January be the epicenter yes. of Star Wars fandom here in California. For sure. I wonder if Florida getting the attraction before us is going to ruin it at all. Um, I think if you're looking for it to be ruined, it will. But I yeah. think, like us, I think we can avoid it and uh, just keep it for, uh, I don't know. I'm going to be out there in, uh, I think, January or February. Uh, Oh, there so goes. we'll see. There he goes. Maybe I, maybe I'll be the one yeah, who spoils Mr. it. Mr. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Congratulations on those ears, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Wait a second, my footsteps. Did you see the ears that I created on Instagram? Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Who's, who's the real genius? <laughs> um, 
at this point, I'm not looking at anything right. related to Galaxy's Edge, yeah. Star Wars, Rise of the Resistance, because I want to be surprised. I hear even on that Imagineering uh, documentary that's coming out on Disney Plus, there's a little too much, a bit at the beginning, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just um, I want to ride it for the first time mm-hmm. and be amazed. Like, I'm already bummed that I know that a lightsaber comes to the roof. Right. They're like, why would you give that away to me? Yeah. There better be a lot more than that. All right. I feel confident. Sorry. Watch out for the creatures. I feel confident that from here, I can navigate us to some serious Halloween action. It's about time. I feel like if we could just find the rivers of America, keep that to our left edge, that we will find ourselves on the steps of the Haunted Mansion, the holiday Haunted Mansion. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. Mm. I have finally guided us to the epicenter of Halloween in Disneyland. It's the Haunted Mansion. For sure. How beautiful is it? This is sort of the uh, king of the holiday layover, in my opinion. It really is. And, And the fact that they were like, wait a minute. Nightmare Before Christmas checks off two holidays. Right. Do it in September. Let it stay till January. And not only do you get this amazing Halloween experience, but it doesn't tarnish. It even gets richer once we get into November and December for the hollow, hollow, um, sorry, the Christmas party. I do wish, though, uh-huh. the clock up there. Mm-hmm. I really wish that it did have a countdown to Christmas on it. Actual countdown yeah. to Christmas. Yeah. I know that stresses people out because they think Christmas is all about gifts. Right. <laughs> but I don't think, when I see that number, I don't go, oh, I've got... 40, 30, 20, 10 more days to buy gifts. I look at that clock as like, I've got 40, 30, 20, 10 more days to have fun. Well, it's interesting too because the clock is actually not numbers, it's months, yeah. right? It's, it's a countdown to December. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess it's just that the story, right? That as we enter this mansion, it is Christmas. Right. Regardless of if it's being whatever, end of September when this thing starts. Did you hear about this before you uh, visited the park? was told that this was something that happened and when I came and experienced it I thought it was just wonderful because I was fortunate enough to have done the standard holiday or uh, the standard haunted mansion and then I found it in this state on a second trip and it just blew me away um I love the the ominous music that they play around yep. it. Yep. It's great. The pumpkins everywhere, uh, just the candles all around it. This it's wasn't what Walt ever wanted. No, no, because it's kind of funny that you have to dress up the haunted mansion right. for Halloween. Right. Because it's a very subtle attraction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Walt's idea was we'll keep the outside pristine and we'll let the ghosts, you know, cobweb up the inside of it. Right. But it, it is a uh, it's a Southern California tradition, mm-hmm. and everybody gets excited for it to go up. Everybody loves riding it. It will have a nonstop line, and if you come in from out of town, this is where you use your Fast Pass. This is where you use your Max Pass Plus. Uh, any sort of competitive edge you can get to get in there, do it. And I'll warn you, even though it's a dark ride, this is a brutal line in the California. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's one of the old-fashioned switchbacks where you think you're getting closer, but you're yes. not. Um, so, dreams. yeah, it's like Peter Pan. 
So yeah, I definitely agree. If you haven't ever done it, this is the one to do when you're here. Something that I learned this Halloween season that blew my mind is that all that extensive overlay that they put up for the holiday season, all of those props, yeah. all of those decorations live in the Haunted Mansion all year long. So they're just tucked away. Tucked away. Huh. Is that not insane? I guess that's practical, right? Last year on Creep Week, we were lucky enough to have our, our buddy uh, Greg stop by mm. who is a Hollywood um, set decorator set designer yeah and he designed the set for the Hall, uh, Haunted Mansion movie starring Eddie Murphy oh, okay and he told us an amazing story about they came here early one day they were given full access to go anywhere they wanted to go nice. in the, the Haunted Mansion yeah to do resource photos essentially create their style guide for the movie sure he parted ways from the group and <laughs> got lost he was like I was on account for and in the heart of the Haunted Mansion for a solid 15 minutes where nobody knew where I was at. Convenient. Yeah, that, that to me just sounded like a complete dream come true. It is, for sure. What yeah. is your favorite vignette? What's your favorite scene in the uh, Haunted Mansion? Um, I think uh, when you when you see Jack, I think that's a great animatronic. I, down I, the hill there. Yeah, I, and I think it's like a it's a pretty elaborate. It's the most probably elaborate effect. Probably they added Sally more recently, um, but I think the Jack thing really sort of says like we're serious about this overlay uh, that we're not just kind of adding uh, cardboard cutouts and stuff. Right. Uh, that, yeah. This is a, this is kind of a more permanent thing. I did see it in Tokyo. Tokyo's is a I think it's one of the only other parks that does it. Oh wow. Um, and it is pretty similar to ours as most of their stuff emulates ours there's a few plusings and stuff like that but you can see it online if you're really curious the uh, favorite part for me is it's funny it switches this time of year it's Jack because yeah. as I said earlier in today's episode Jack Skeleton is traditionally the first person that wishes me Merry Christmas and, and, and don't email me in August next year and try to steal his thunder okay like let's leave this tradition tradition don't try to snake Jack Skeleton so this time of year I love it because that's the first Christmas that I get but then once we get past Halloween yeah. I really love the, the wedding scene because they always have the themed cake yeah Right. Which is different every year. It always has a different Halloween theme to the cake. Uh, this is the party, the, the dancing yeah. people. Yes. The tree. I love the fact that they pump in that gingerbread smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you come around in your doom buggy and you get slapped in the face with what just sounds or smells like. Yeah. You know, because there's nothing better than Christmas time. An oven going in the house. Mm -hmm. Christmas movies on the TV. Christmas music preferably playing on vinyl on the house stereo. Yep. But if the oven is just, uh, just putting the smell yep. of chocolate chip cookies or a cake through the house. Gingerbread. Gingerbread. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah, it's all warm and you're fat and just disgusting because oh, it's the holidays. Yeah. yeah, so just every day is a cheat day. Just giving up. Let's, speaking of this, do you think we still got time to maybe try to get a Mickey beignet? Oh, what is it, a pumpkin one? Yeah. Ah, I'm all for it. Last year they were creamsicle and they were fantastic. Ooh. We move on. But the Haunted Mansion is for sure the heart of Halloween at Disneyland. Jared, dear Lord. You guys hear that? That is the sound of pumpkin spice Mickey beignets. Quite possibly the messiest snack you could have. Yes. 
joyfully messy. Do you mind? What, what, what happened? Don't these just look like the regular ones? I have no idea what the difference is. Oh, I'm taking a bite. Okay. Regular? I don't taste any pumpkin. Huh. Take a taste. All right. Let me smell it. Oh, there's a little spice with it, like a... I think, it right? It is subtle. Yeah. Hmm. Very good, though. Oh, it's fantastic. Last year, they had uh, an orange sickle. Hmm. And it was orange, so you knew it was Halloween. I don't know if this is the regular one. I think it's a hint of spice. But, like... To be a pumpkin spice idol? Mm. You're the master of treats. I am. And there's not like a filling, so it's harder to... So it's really got to just be like a spice on the thing. It can't be like a cream or something. No, it wouldn't be a cream. Right. Last time they were, they had like an orange powder that was over them. uh, And like a couple of little like hard candy type things. Like almost like a sprinkle. And they tasted like an orange sickle, like a cream sickle. I think they need more something like that to sort of key off that this is different than the normal one. Right? I mean, I like, don't even know. I wouldn't know if we got the regular ones or not. Again, not complaining. It's very good. I'm going to go ask. <laughs> okay. I'm taking this in my own, my own hands. I got news for you folks. The beignets are very subtle this year. Ooh. That was the pumpkin spice. And let me tell you, they might have just put one little bit of spice in the bag. Not bad. No. But definitely not super, yeah. super uh, themed. So we're walking down Main Street. Our lap has come to an end. But uh, I feel like they put a lot more pumpkins on Main Street this time. Uh, maybe. Do you think? Like, I'm just feeling like the stores have a little more flair. Maybe. I mean, it feels oranger. It does. Well, yeah, they got all oranger. the bunting out. Yep. And the lights on Main Street already have that sort of soft yes. yellow yes. tint to them instead of bright white. But uh, this this street with Pumpkin Mickey at the head of it. Looking great. This, this feels very Halloween-y, and it helps that it is turn of the century America. True. You know, like it just gives it that small town vibe. Old fashioned. Old feel. fashioned yeah. feel. You feel like you're in a in a town harvest. It has it has the best vibes. Yeah. It's not Halloween horror nights. This no, isn't no. Universal Studios or I don't know. I've never been to Not Scary Farm. So maybe that's kind of old timey too, I right. suppose. But. but I do enjoy that they summarize it as Halloween time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not the season. No. But Halloween time. Let me see. Has this Mickey pumpkin changed at all? Like, I don't remember the light yeah, being so faded. glowy. Yeah, it is very faded, isn't it? It could definitely use a coat of paint. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I could have swore that I remembered the face just being, like, one solid lit illumination. Yeah, yeah. This and it has this sort of flicker. Yeah. But it does make it feel more like there's a candle inside mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. But let's let's come around here. Very busy. And just watch folks get their photos taken in front of it. All right. And the back of it. Is it the face on the back too? Yeah. Let's let's see if it's the same face. All righty. Oh. 
So you got two lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here's a face face. Different face, not Different winking. face. Yeah, yeah. Friendlier face. So we got a lot of people actually waiting here. No cast member. It's just people waiting in line to take a picture with the pumpkin. Yeah, I love that once the cast member's like, all right, it's uh, 11 o'clock, we're done. It just goes in straight honor system. Yes. Because those are just people getting their photo taken by the next person in line, I guess. Honor system. That's that's right. A lot of people streaming out. It actually seems kind of busy all of a sudden. It does, because it's just everybody all on the same footprint. Well, I have to say this. The Mickey Pumpkin is a classic example of if you build it, they will come. Right. You know, this is just an empty spot on Main Street. It seems like not too long ago I was standing right on that the tip of that watching the last Mickey Soundstational Parade. Right, right. And uh, you couldn't stand there now if you want to because, A, there's a huge pumpkin there, but, B, it's just covered with people in all yeah. directions. Yeah. And it's a, the, the Mickey Pumpkin is a tradition that says, I went to Disneyland, I enjoyed the holidays, but just all around us, like the bed of flowers, mm-hmm. like these pointy orange flowers around us are beautiful. Yeah. But I have to say that if their goal was to move Halloween mm. over to DCA. Right. And we talked about that at the beginning of the show, but now that we've been to Disneyland and we've done a lap, I feel like there's just enough Halloween in this park yep. to feel like Halloween. Yeah. yeah. But it is for sure no longer the home of Halloween at the Disneyland Resort. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I mean, I, I always kind of think of these as almost one big park, really, because right. we're so close. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, because that party is over there and because of what they've added over there, that might become the new thing, I think, pretty, pretty quickly. As we're talking about holiday layovers and before we leave this one, I do want to say one of the missing holidays that we don't do here that well is Easter, though it's getting bigger. Yeah. Check it out in Tokyo if you can. There's a lot of videos I go to Tokyo every Easter, so I'll check that out. (laughs) But there's tons of stuff online. That is another example of great theming and overlays, similar to this, but seeing how far Tokyo carries their overlays, I think Halloween's a a more foreign thing to them. Uh, Easter is too, but... um, that's another great example to look at. So let's do the math. We have the Fab Five right outside. Sure. We have the the Mickey flower bed is, is themed sure. up. Right. We have flowers, bunting, and pumpkins all down Main Street. Okay. We have a themed Halloween show that happens on the castle. Mm-hmm. Hollow Hollow Halloween Hollow Screams okay. or something like that. Sure. I can't remember the name off the top of my head and have zero notes. And then we have the Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. That right, was, right. And then there's also the Halloween tree in Frontierland. Yeah. yeah. Which I love. Which is great. It's it is subtle. Great. But I think they do some, what, uh, Day of the Dead stuff right there, too? Yep. They the have the, the Day of the Dead over there in the um, Rancho. Rancho. Something. Taco. Restaurant. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, yeah, that that is your coverage. Look how cute that couple is in their matching hoodies. Oh, next time we'll do that. Look at all the merch. Dude, sit your official merch down. You're not going to want those bags in the photo. Yeah. Oh, remember the time we bought all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, it wouldn't be Disneyland if there wasn't a herd of bubbles blowing yeah, down Main Street. there's bubbles everywhere now. And it's kind of nice, right? Like, yeah, yeah. ambiance. If they could just be pumpkin-shaped bubbles. There you go. But that's that's your coverage. That's yep. what the park has. Uh, in years past, it had. It felt like it had a lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, we're in a transitional period. We spotted snow yeah. on top of Sleeping Beauty. Is that new? Is that, is that something they do? Like, where they're slowly... I mean, you can see more on? snow on this side, too. Yeah, I guess we're getting close. Well, you know, Jared, just like Jack Skelton said, ah. this is what happens when two holidays collide. Yeah. They have you know, to touch at some point. You know it's Skellington. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Not skeleton. Jack Skeleton. Ske- oh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's Jared like Maru Yama. <laughs> yeah, the hard time with the last And it's Autotopia, you jerks. <laughs> just let me be who I am. Let me be who I am. What is it? Jack Skeleton? Skellington. Ah, whatever. Yeah. It's Jack Skeleton. Okay. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Tim Burton, sue me. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed this lap around Disneyland and our hunt for Halloween. Uh, I would encourage you, if you want to see more of the stuff we talked about with California Adventure, by all means, go over to YouTube.com slash Adventures in Design, where you can see the uh, 20-plus minute vlog I did where I captured all of those attractions. If you live in town and you have an annual pass, you got to judge how much Halloween's worth to you to buy the extra ticket. I think I got Jared sold for next year. for sure. But if you're from out of town and you want to go to Disneyland on a budget and get limited access to California Adventure with not a lot of people there, I strongly suggest it. And uh, we'll be doing this all over again in just two episodes Ah. when we cover... Christmas. Christmas, which is my absolute favorite time of year. Yes. But coincidentally, my favorite time of year at Disneyland. Jared, congratulations yes, on your ears coming out. Thank you very much. What a, what a crazy piece of merchandise to have your name on. It really is. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that <laughs> they sell? Yes. <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about that. In fact, how insane is it that because of those ears, mm. that for sure on October 31st, yeah. there will be people at parties and walking the streets decorated for Halloween as something that you designed? That'd be great. It's been happening since he came out, so I can't wait to see it. Oh. That was a nice subtle. Was that good? That was a subtle. Did you get that? Okay. It's been happening for a long time, Ricky, so it's nothing new to me. All right, everybody, we're going to get off of here. We will see you next month. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And until we see you the next time, live the magic every day. There you are. Congratulations on making it this far. I hope you enjoyed my Halloween treat for each and every one of you. And remember, if you like Halloween and you like horror and you like things in your ear holes, check out the other chapters of Creep Week 2019, the sixth annual podcast tradition on adventures in design. And if you enjoyed this extra long Disneyland for designers, Consider throwing a little change in my bucket and becoming a member of the Circle of Trust at AID.network. Until the next time, my friend, I hope I see you at Disneyland.